0: You're listening to Unscripted with Alex, a podcast that empowers young families to make choices that are best for them and their children.
1: And you're going to talk to us about what happened with the other embryos. Yes, what
2: did happen? <laughs> oh, It's, yes, very exciting. I, um, so from the moment that I had those 12 and Penny being the first of those 12, I was like, I've got my kid. I don't need to do this twelve times. So from that moment, uh, I, my husband and I started the discussion of whether we would, what we would do with the remaining embryos. And I was like, oh, you know, I definitely don't want them to go in the bin. And I was thinking along the lines of like, oh, well, we could, they could use them for research and stuff. And then when I actually looked into what they do to use them as research, I'm like, they, they literally just let them die sort of thing. And they just watch the process because legally they're only allowed to grow an embryo in a dish for a certain amount of time. There's, there's laws around, around that because of, you know, they don't want to be growing a human or like have an actual fetus in a a Petri dish sort of thing. So they can't really do a whole lot with them. And then I was like, well, we're we're just going to have to donate them. And my husband was like sort of sitting on the fence and he was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. And then this was before we'd had any of the other kids. This isn't literally from, from having Penny. Um, okay. So you were so, having
1: these conversations.
2: Early yeah. Now. Really early. Cause I just knew that I wasn't going to do it 12 times. And so by the time we'd gone through all of those losses, my husband was like, yeah, we need to donate these because like we could be giving, for me, it was like, I had no connection to them Anymore. Like I was like, I am not doing any more children. They're never going to be a part of like my direct, like they're not going to be one of my children. They can be someone else's, but they're not going to be one of mine. I'm done. I don't want any more. Even like the way that I look at it, as if William hadn't have died, then the other ones wouldn't have been mine either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ewan, who I'm hold at, who my baby, could have been someone else's. That very same child would have been someone else's child. Um, and when I think about that, I'm like that could have been any of the other children as well. Like that could have been any of those other embryos that could be someone else's child. And I was like, I need to give this these children or these, these humans an opportunity to live. Like, and I'm not like, I don't look at an embryo and go, that's a human. If we chuck it in the bin, we're murdering someone. It's just simply that I'm like the potential for a human. I was yeah. like, why would I throw that in the bin if there's a potential chance for this embryo if someone else wants it? They could have it, and it could be a human. And who knows what this human would go on to do? Like, this human could change the world. It might not, but it could. And, and you're um, giving
1: a beautiful opportunity to somebody who so desperately wants to have children and yeah. can't. Well, it was
2: also just thinking, like, if I had to chuck them in the bin, Ewan would have gone in the bin. Mm. And I'm like, oh, don't want Ewan to go in the bin. He's such a great kid. Like, that could be any of those other kids. And so I was just like, I can't, I can't chuck them in the bin. Like, I was, like, I can't. So yeah, for me and Scott, at the end of it all, it was extremely easy decision to decide to um, donate. I just discussed it with my mum for you know years that it was probably going to happen, and she at first wasn't sure how she'd feel about it. Um, not that it really you know really matters. What my, like my mum said, obviously never take my opinion into your account. She's like she was just like oh I'll just have to figure out how to deal with that. But mm-hmm. this baby is not going to be my grandbaby. Um, and um, but no, it's it's just so like we've got so so much support from our family. And a huge amount of support just from friends and everyone. So it's just been like this really amazing journey to be on and really like humbling. It's just like just the warmest feeling of love. Like it's just such a nice feeling to be able to donate. Yeah, so basically when we decided, as soon as I had Ewan when my doctor came in to have that conversation with me about the, the, the birth, I was like, so when can I donate my embryos? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Literally in the <laughs> hospital. <laughs> one question of my life. I mind. was like, get these embryos away from me. I don't want them anymore. I don't want to be paying for storage. Just I'm done. This is my chapter. Is This whole thing of trying to have children is done. So um, she was like, let's just give it a minute. Um, but it would have been about four months after I had you that I actually started um, actively looking for someone. And there's oh, so you, sorry, hang on with the donation process, you, you find somebody well, to you, give to. You don't have to. So okay. I did contact my fertility clinic and they are a, they are a donating clinic. However, <laughs> my husband's from Scotland and he lived in Scotland when there was mad cow. So people from the UK who lived in the UK during a certain of like between this time and this time when there was mad cow are not allowed to donate blood in Australia or organs or gametes, which is your sperm um, or eggs. So because, well, no, no, sorry. It's actually organs and blood. It doesn't necessarily refer to the gametes, but my clinic won't accept gametes or embryos or sperm or anything like that from someone who's, they, they follow that same rule. It's not a law, but that is my clinic's, that was my clinic's stand on it. So when I said to them, "Hey, I want to donate my embryos, they're like, yeah, we can't. And I was like, oh, and so, and if I had have donated through my clinic as well, it would have been anonymous and I didn't want to do anonymous. So my options were to move the embryos to a different clinic that would donate them either through their database or was to find my own, uh, my own recipient and for them to either move the embryos to their clinic that they were using if the clinic would accept them.
0: Do you find yourself constantly reaching for sugary foods? It's no secret that eating too much sugar can wreak havoc on your gut health. Not only does it feed bad gut bacteria, but it can also cause inflammation and damage to the gut lining. Batika Co.'s gut health protocol is here to help. Our simple four-week reset program is designed to remove triggers and unwanted microbes, supporting you through your sugar hangover and repairing the gut. So why wait? Start feeling better today with Vatika Co.'s gut health protocol.
2: At that point, that's when I was like, okay, I need to find someone who wants these embryos, um, which was okay. And so there's not really a lot of, Places to find, like, what 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 do you do? And there's yeah. there's, there's actually Google. <laughs> yeah Google donor recipient embryo. Like <laughs> that's pretty much what you can do. So I had a little look on a few websites, and they they a few websites have a couple of other organization websites where you can go to. And one of them's um, Egg Donor Angels, and there's another one called a similar sort of thing along the lines of egg donation. But um, basically, they're a forum, and you pretty much just put down like a like a an ad basically, um, of who you are and either what you've got to give or what you want to receive. So I had a look at a couple of them and I wrote this really kind of – it's really weird. It's like like a a dating thing almost. So you're like, this is who I am. This is what I look like. This is what I like to do. This is how many – this is what I've got. Like I've got six embryos and this is the – I didn't really – Think too much about it, and then I got in. Someone contacted me, and like, because there's so many people out there crying out for embryos, so it was kind of like a bit of a flood. Because, right. um, you know, I kind of did. I said that I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be anonymous and stuff. So that cancelled that cuts a few people out who do want it to be anonymous. So there was a few things that I put in there that I want that I was looking for was and and I wanted some kind of ongoing contact. So um, I did get in contact with one one couple. And they're like, yeah, yeah, let's add each other on Instagram or something. And then when I added them on Instagram, I had a look at their feed and I was like, I can't donate to these people. Like they were just so different. They were lovely people, but I was like, I don't want my child living up. It was ex- so extremely. And like, this is, this, this is just my preference. They were so extremely religious. That I was like, what if this child's gay? What if something like, I was like, I just can't, like, I just can't like it just doesn't sit with our values as, yeah.
1: as theirs. So, so you were trying to find a family who really aligned with the same sort of family exactly. values that you and had. And so
2: that's when I realised I was like I need to be ruthless <clears throat> in this advert to make sure that I actually connect with the people mm-hmm. that I want to connect with. So to that couple, I, when I first con- connected with them, I said, look, I'm talking to a couple of different couples. Like I just want to be totally above board you know, just letting you know where I'm at. And she's like, yep, yep, that's fine. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, no, no, no. So I contacted them I said, look, I'm just letting you know I've connected with another couple and I'm going to go ahead with them. I'm really sorry. I know it's going to be let you down. And she's like, oh, that's okay. Like, I get it. I hadn't at that point. I hadn't met anyone else yet. And I was just like, oh, dodged a bullet there. So then I wrote my um, ad and I was so very specific about it. And I wrote it onto this um, forum, but I also found a group on Facebook, which is like a, the same sort of thing basically. And I was so specific about it and I was like, okay, like, and it feels so harsh because you're literally cutting certain people out and you're like, it's like, I don't think, it's not that I don't think you're a worthy person, but this is the, you know, we're essentially adding an extra person or an extra couple to our family. And if we're not going to get along, then there's no, or like if we have different views on things then there's, it's just not going to work. I was going to say, this is like a massive, massive decision.
1: Yeah. Like this is full on. Cause it's not like you're anonym, anonymously giving your... A donation. You yeah. you are asking, yeah, like you just said, a yeah. family to be a part of. That's or it.
2: Sit alongside your family, and 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 it's not for everyone as well. And I and I got that, but so like I literally wrote my advert, and I was so I feel like it was pretty cutthroat. But I was like, this is who we are. This is what we've got, and this is who we're looking for. And I was like, don't care if you're gay or straight. I don't care what your background. Like if you're black, white, whatever. You know, and I said, but this is what we're looking for, ongoing contact to some degree. I don't want to be in their face. It's not my child. But, I, you know, I just want to be able to see photos every now and then. Or I want. it was mostly for the, the kids. Like I don't want, I want my kids to know that they've got a sibling out there that, and for them to know everything about it sort of thing, like I don't want them to all of a sudden go at 21 and be like, oh, I've got a brother. I'm like, yeah, well, you, you've got a sister. Or, you know, I just kind of thought it would be so nice for them to to know that they've got another sibling somewhere and so that when they do grow up that they can connect with that sibling and then have that kind of ongoing friendship or relationship with that person sort of thing. And and as well for the the, the child that is going to be born, I did, like there's so much... Like now, there's so much data about how children uh, have got st- some kind of trauma from not knowing their background or not knowing where they're from, and not knowing their actual story. That I didn't want this child to be told that a lie, and then all of a sudden realize that it's not—it's all been a lie, sort of thing. Um,
1: so you want to be open and available for them yeah. to to get to know you yeah. and know and like, where their genetics and everything. Yeah, goes like
2: I am not their mum. I don't want to be anyone's. I've not. I've got no motherly connection. As such, to these embryos or any children that would be born from them. It was just simply really just like, I just want to see photos because it would be like, what if that was going to be my kid? Like, mm. but that could have been mine. Oh, you just she, wanted to so be transparent. So yeah. And as well, like, and if I had, a, if I met someone that we did get along and that relationship did grow into something where we're happy to send each other photos of our kids and, and more of like a I guess like an extended family member kind of relationship. Then I was like, that would be amazing. That's what in my head, that's okay. what I was thinking. Like, but you know, we'll just have to see what happens and who we meet and it all just depends on that. So anyway, I wrote these ads that really cutthroat, really cut out quite a few people because I wanted to be really specific because I didn't want to, I didn't want to give anyone false hope to then realise that I wasn't going to get along with this person. So after about a month, my ad was up. (laughs) I think everyone read it and went, oh, no, she's too too hard. She's got too many rules in place. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, I think about a month went by and I saw this ad pop up on this Facebook group she'd written a bit about herself and, and I was like, oh, I reckon that might be a match. And so I just messaged her and I was like, Hey, like, I'm going to tag you if it's okay in my post and let me know if you think we would be a match. And she wrote back, she's like, I reckon we would be a match. Like, let's, let's have a chat. And so we chatted for about a month. I don't even, it wasn't even that long. And I was just like, yeah, let, let's do this. Like, I was like, oh let's, let's make this happen. Like, I, I'm really excited for this. And like, I feel like I've met, like you're the one. And she was like, oh, I feel like that as well. So I was like, that's really a sort of weird, like, oh, I feel like you're the one. I like, love we're, that. We're, we're <laughs> you're the me. one match. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. It's
2: like on a dating website. It's like, oh. but um, yeah, so we kind of just got it started. So, so she is actually located in a different state. She's in Victoria. And at that time, COVID was still here, was here, obviously. And WA was shut off to everyone. So I was like, look, why don't we... So there's... See, there's just so much to unpack with embryo donation, so... Anytime you want to ask a question about it, jump in okay. because it, there's there's quite there's quite a
1: lot to unpack. And it's well, it's totally new for me. I don't f- oh, understand okay. anything. All about All
2: right. Well, I'll, I'll yeah. I'll, okay, we'll go through it. Like you don't well, like you don't know anything. Okay. So when you're about to um, donate these embryos, there's a lot of paperwork. Um, there's a lot of legal stuff. So because we were going to be we're in different states, I was like, look, there's no point in you trying to fly over to WA. Let's send the embryos to you. And then you can use them as you need to use them. So legally in Australia, without embryos, they belong to Scott and I until the day of the transfer. So we had six embryos. We sent all six over to her so that she could use them, obviously, if not always expecting them to work first time. So I was like, just take them, use as many as you need to until you've completed your family. And so, they're, they're, so that's like people are like, oh, how many did you give her? I'm like, well, we've given her use of all of them. Um, but if she doesn't want to use all of them, she doesn't have to. So we sent them all over. So to get all this to happen, basically, before any of this physical sending embryos over, you have to do um, counselling sessions. We had to set up a... Basically, a new patient account or patient profile with her clinic because we're not clini- we're not patients, but they're our embryos going to their yeah. clinic. We had to set up a so we had to do the whole like we had to basically do a brand new patient thing, so getting blood tests and all that kind of stuff. Or <laughs> more all, blood tests, getting all of our <laughs> medical records sent over there as well. Yeah, they had to do more DNA testing and stuff to make sure to like rule out any diseases and things like that. We. Had to basically, our recipient had to go to her clinic and say, Yep, I've found some embryos, this is what we want to do. So then they contact us and we send all that information to them. We set up this new account. The embryo, then we go through counselling sessions. So in Victoria as well, I'll just point out quickly that to advertise for sperm, eggs or embryo, to whether you've got them or whether you want to receive them, you actually have to ap- apply to advertise. So um, you have to write a draft advert to the Health Minister of Victoria and the Health Minister of Victoria will approve it <laughs> and then you're allowed to and you need to tell them where you're going to be advertising. So the fact, like, so for this recipient to even get to the point of advertising was just like an absolute mountain of like waiting around for applying to even advertise.
1: So she, on her on her side, had to do all this to put yeah. out her advert to yeah. find you in the first place. Yes.
2: Um, so she had to do that to even put an advert for me to see her advert to even find her. And then, so we had, we, we ended up going through, um, she had a number of counselling sessions. We had, we had a counselling session over the phone with the counsellor from the other clinic we had a joint counselling session with our recipient and Scott and I. So our recipient is a single. So as in she doesn't she, have a partner. She doesn't yep. have a partner. So that's when I say her. That's why I'm. But it is it's interesting because it's normally the two women. From what I've heard, it's usually the two women and the men to sit in the background. Like yeah. This counselling session that we had with us with the thruple with three of us. <laughs> Scott kind of just sat there and went, mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: yep, I yeah, I agree, yeah, I'm fine, I'm happy,
2: to, I'm happy to go along with this. Take them, I don't want them anymore. Just get rid of these embryos. You have them, yeah. So, um, so it's mostly just myself and our recipient who bonded. Like, I don't, yeah. Scott's kind of, he's like, who? who? Am I the <laughs> third wheel? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had a part in this, but he's quite happy for us to both take the lead. Um, so, yeah, we had these counselling sessions, and in these counselling sessions, you go through everything from that the fact that these embryos belonged to Scott and I and at any point we can take them back. Mm -hmm. So that's like I'm saying, like they belong to us to the point of the transfer or the day that they're thawed. So I'm sure it wouldn't, surely it wouldn't happen, but I imagine it would, that people could change their mind halfway through the process. They're allowed to change their mind um, and say that they don't want to donate the embryos anymore. And that could even be up to the day before of a transfer if someone really got cold feet and backed out.
1: That would be so challenging on the recipient one it? It to be, try to just keep their head in yeah. like a place of not getting too excited. And well, that's
2: and that's why they do so much counselling is to be like, you are aware that, and you know, you've got all these systems of coping mechanisms in, in place that if it doesn't go right, then this is, it's, you're going to be okay. Talking to Scott and I about um, how we would feel about if a child should be born, like how that makes us feel, like yeah, if we had any, like, if we'd be feeling like, I don't know if, see, that's the thing. I don't even know how I would feel because I don't, I don't feel that it's my child. Like I've seen, like, I don't want to do a spoiler, but there has been a child has been born <laughs> and um, like, it's a beautiful child and, and like, it looks a bit like mine, but there's no motherly connection. Like, I'm just like, it's a beautiful child and I'm just so happy for it. it's mo- for her mother. Like, it's just the best thing that could have happened, But yeah, talking about like they talk to us about how we would feel should a should a baby be born, and how do our families feel, and you know what what our expectations of this relationship going forward would be like, um, and understanding as well that even though from the beginning we've discussed that we would like that both parties would like and some some degree of ongoing connection, that at any point either family could stop the connection and that there's no law in place to say that you have to send me photos or that you have to message me or yep. you have to keep us in the loop. Um, there's no law like that. The only law is that a child um, of a donation is legally, legally allowed to access their um, records at 16 in Australia. Okay. So if, if that was to ever happen, um, a child of 16 could could access and find out who their biological parents are. Um, so there, there is no such thing in Australia as a completely anonymous donations. It may, it would just be anonymous at the point of donation, at the point of, donat- at the, point of look, the giving of that donation. Um, but yeah, sixteen years later, it's not, <laughs> which <Yeah>. is fine.
1: <laughs> and I imagine most. Well, that's a really interesting question. I wonder how many people would search for their biological parents at sixteen.
2: <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's only that law has really only come into effect, like the, those. Children are in, and they're turning about sixteen now, so um, so previously it had been able
1: to be completely anonymous. I think
2: so, but there was there's still laws going, like there's still court cases and whatnot going on from children who don't who have had that information protected, and that they are trying to find it. And so there's a few court cases from these children of donation that are trying to find their biological parents. Mm. So that's the kind of things that we discuss in the counselling. Um, for us the decision was made, like there was, we had no no questions. There was no questions asked that our recipient was going to be getting these e- embryos and it was just simply just ticking boxes and getting through with it. So once you've had these counselling sessions, you've got a three-month cooling-off period so that every all parties can kind of like take a breath and go, okay, is this actually what we want to do? After that 3 months cooling-off period, um, I'm not sure if that's when, I think we sent the embryos over before the cooling off period had completed because we wanted our recipient to be able to start straight away. Because It's
1: interesting because your waiting game is now her turn she's got her own waiting
2: game now as well. Yes, so I was like I really want her to have these so that she can start as soon as she can. Like I don't want to make anyone wait any longer. So I actually said to my clinic, I was like, look, is there any other paperwork that I need to fill out because I just don't want this to get held up because something hasn't been completed, something hasn't been handed in, because we were sending in, like, parent histories, family histories, like, of diseases and things, not that they've got any, but, you know, all these parent family histories. And I was like, please tell me there's nothing. And they're like, no, nope, no, nope, everything's done. And then I was like, cool. And then once we'd done the, all of the counselling and everything, we were ready to go. I was like, okay, we're ready to go? And they're like, oh, actually... Oh, And I was like, oh, so I was like, okay, what now? So I had to like fill out this thing that had to go, it was like an application that had to go to like the government and come back and it was, I was just like, oh, for goodness sake, like this could have been done and this waiting would have been done. Yeah, so the embryos eventually got um, shipped over and then I guess everything from my part kind of finished there. Um, Once the embryos were there and the counselling had done and the way the cooling off period was done, it was kind of just like a a piece of paper that said, are you happy to proceed? And we're like, yep, we're happy to proceed. So, And that that was it pretty much for us. And then the rest of it was all up to our recipient um, as to when she decided to actually start accessing them. And using them. Yeah. And do you know, did she start straight yeah, away? Yes. So she, well, she had, did have a few hiccups at the beginning and as well, COVID kind of threw the spanner in there because she's in Victoria. They got hit really hard there of for course. a little while. Yeah. yeah. There was a few hiccups in the way and we had to wait maybe like five months probably, which like, I know like to some people like five months isn't very long. And it's like, but once you've been doing this for... And you know, like this wasn't her first try. She'd been doing IVF before this. She'd been looking for sperm donors and egg donors and tried with donors and tried with everything else and nothing had worked. So for her as well, this is an extremely long process. So when we found out that it was gonna be another five months because of something that popped up, I just felt so heartbroken for her. I was just like, I was like, oh, I totally get what you like is for her as well. Like, and I don't know if it's the same for anyone else with IVF, but it's just that constant time, the waiting. It's just every month that goes by, you feel like you've wasted a month and you you just feel like you're getting older. And for us, for women as well, like we're told that as soon as we turn 40, that we're no good. Yeah. You know, it's like constant ticking yeah. of the clock. Yeah. And for me, I was like, I would, for like, and that's why for me, I wanted to actually have all my children done by 30. And so that's where, for me, that's why I was going, the, the clock is ticking. And it wasn't because of anything. I just wanted to have my kids by 30. Mm. For other women as well, who this takes even longer, I'm just like, oh, I just feel so, so badly for them. So, yeah, so when we had that hiccup, I just felt so terribly bad for her. Um, But then, so she ended up using one embryo and then unfortunately had a miscarriage, which, and that was her first pregnancy as well, which we were all very, so that was her very first pregnancy. Wow. So it was very exciting because we're like, yes, you can get pregnant. It's not you; it's just been the egg or the embryo. And then she went to have her second transfer. The embryo didn't survive the thaw, but when you've got backups, they can just quickly thaw another one. Oh, so she could still so go she could that still round, still do that cycle. She okay, could still yep. do that cycle. So it was like, that's okay. We've just lost one embryo. That's fine. Do the next cycle, like do the next embryo, and she got pregnant. Oh, and, um, wow. and it just all went really well, like I'm probably sure she would say that it you know tell you about all the hiccups and things, but like I mean, there was a few things, like every pregnancy, there's always something that happens yeah. or you know that has you stressed, and especially when you're someone who's done i v f or especially this process of donation, you just think this is so precious and you know, you're so extremely anxious the entire way through. Like I know another person who's um, fallen pregnant recently with um, donor eggs and when she messaged me, she said she was pregnant. I was like, oh, awesome. Now you can sit back and keep stressing for nine months. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, yep. pretty much, yeah." Exactly. Just hold the baby yep. and hold the baby. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. But she, she's had her little girl now and I was so excited that when she said I had a girl because, I don't know, there's a thing with mums and their girls, you know, like – and because she's single as well, I thought it was perfect. She's just got her and her best friend forever. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, hopefully. That, clo- that close <laughs> relationship. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that you have. Well, I mean, that's what my boys. relationship
2: with my mummy is. So I know some women who don't have a close relationship with their mother, but I'm just hoping that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so did you get to track her through her pregnancy? Yeah. So we've we've um, stayed in contact regularly. We stay in contact, and even now we still message each other. Um, and she sends me photos. So she's actually sent me a photo about two hours after giving birth. I was going to say, um, did you? Did she tell you when she was going to labour? Yeah. Well, she didn't tell me she was going to labour. I okay. just got the message that she <gasps> that she'd had the baby. And it was just like this sense of like, oh my god! Like I didn't realize when she told me that she'd had the baby, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so relieved. So like you also, I shared. I was, shared sense I was of anxious the entire time, and I didn't realize until the baby was actually born, and I was just like, oh thank goodness! Like, oh that's a, that's such amazing. a beautiful <laughs> yeah, story. Yeah, so we do. I do see photos of her, and um, yeah, like she does look a little bit like my children, but she's still different, and I think that's good in that she's a little bit different. Like she's still, I mean, she still obviously looks exactly like my kids, but there's just little things like as a parent, you're like, no, like people be like, oh, they're just like twins. Those two. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're, they're completely totally different. different. Like yeah. So like a mother can tell the difference between their kids sort of thing. Yeah.
1: And also she'll pick up the mannerisms that her mum is yes. doing, so which will be different to what you guys I'm have. I'm
2: so interested to see the nurture nature sort of thing. Mm. See what's the same. Cause like Penny and Ewan have the same cackle, like the same oh. laugh. And I'm like, I wonder if this other kid will have the same laugh or, like, what's going to be the same? Because it's genetically exactly the same but totally different environment. So it's going to be really interesting watching this child grow and grow up and, and to see who she turns into. So, yeah, it's very exciting but, like, we've still got three embryos left. I don't know if our recipient's finished. It's, like, we've said to her that she can have these embryos until she's decided that her family's complete But as a thruple, we also decided that once she's finished, if there's any left, that we will donate them again. And so that process won't actually involve our recipient. Basically, we get the embryos back or once we've found someone the embryos go to that person so although we will still involve our recipient because we want to pick a family that will match our families oh of course yeah like so you want the same kind of transparency yeah so so we'll have the yeah. same kind of setup hopefully that's what we we'll look that's what we'll be looking for once she's decided that but like, obviously she's only had the baby her baby's only two months old so like there's oh, there's so no much. pressure no. Like, I was gonna um, say like
1: <laughs> does she like have a sort of as long as she sort of wants to, yeah. Decide so
2: embryos generally they give you ten years on an emb- on embryos, but it's not necessarily because of embryo health. It's more because they don't want, like, if I was thirty and I had embryos collected, and or if you're forty five and you've had embryos collected, it means you can still use them when you're fifty five you know so they may actually cap that so it's not actually based on the embryo health it's based on the mother and the situation oh. so they don't want 60-year-old women having embryo transfers because mm. it's just like how are you going to look after the child like financially and things like that so our recipient actually has 5 years to use these embryos and then if she hasn't used them in 5 years she can apply for an extra 5 years mm. I'm not too sure if they if they said no to that five years whether we'd be able to maybe get a new a five years for a new family, but as as embryos go, they're not going to necessarily they're they're frozen in time sort of thing, so they're not going to deteriorate I suppose or so they may a wee bit, but it's not going to be mm, hugely it's, effective. It's like amazing. if you're someone who wants a wants an embryo and you're just searching and searching, if they said all oh, these t- embryos are ten years old, you would be like I don't care. Give me a go. Like, I just, just give, let me have a try. I just want to have, to, want to try. That's such a fascinating
1: thing. Yeah. Uh, being able to freeze, freeze them in time. And just, yeah, it's, yeah.
2: It's funny because, like, my two kids and and our recipient's child, uh, all were all collected exactly at exactly the same time. But Ewan was frozen for four years. And then this other child was frozen for five and a bit.
1: Mm. Well, I mean, we're born with all of our eggs, aren't we? Yeah. In our ovaries. Yeah. We already have however many suppose, we we're going to yeah, have. Yeah. And so they're kept in there for a certain I period of time. they are. So maybe it's that same sort of concept, I, I, but yeah. they're out of the body,
2: yeah. frozen. Yes, that's true. Um, but, yeah, so we've got three remaining and we'll just have to wait and see what happens with those ones yeah. and where they end up. And, yeah, that's pretty much that's that's kind <laughs> of like the happy ending to a pretty rough story. But yeah, it's it's been amazing, and we like I I kind of I wouldn't have it any other way now because if I hadn't have needed IVF, then I wouldn't have my daughter who I've got, and if I hadn't have lost those children in between, then I wouldn't have my son, and if all those other if if everything else hadn't happened, we wouldn't have this new baby. So you know, I just kind of try and look at it as it was all meant to be, and this is just if we didn't if these things didn't happen, then where would we be, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so oh,
1: thank you yeah. so
2: much for sharing That's all of okay. that. With know, us it's a really long story. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, don't be sorry. It's an amazing story. And I think lots of different parts of that will be something that somebody can connect with. Yeah. And also I just wanted to find out from you if there is anybody that wants to ask you questions or connect with you, where can they find you?
2: Yeah, so I, I do have um, a bit of my story shared on my Instagram at, um, at, at becoming underscore Kate. I think that's what it is. I can't even remember what my handle
1: is.
2: (laughs) I'll add Kate's handle into the show notes. Um, It's mostly just like some stuff about my journey. There's a few photos there of my beautiful little boy who was born at 29 weeks, um, their footprints and things like that. And just a bit more about my story. But also I did start a little blog um, and it was mostly for cathartic reasons. And so it's not massively, it's not active at the moment, but there are some really interesting articles on there about how I came to the conclusions about some things and how certain things made me feel. And that's my Native State website. Could you put that in? Yes. <laughs> yes so well, I can't even State. remember yeah. what the <laughs> website <is. laughs> So I've got mum brain still. It's okay. Um, I think mum brain stays there forever. It does. <laughs> I think it does. I think it stays there forever. So, yeah, those things Or like, and if, and if anyone um, who is going through you know, infertility or anything like that. Wants to pick my brain anymore? They're more than welcome to message me on the Instagram, and I'm happy to, if you're local, meet up with you or just message. It's fine. Like, I'm really open about the story, mostly because of, for me, it's really, really helps me mentally and emotionally to to talk about it more, especially with like, the infant loss thing. But with the IVF, there's just, just having that support as well. Like when I was going through IVF, I didn't actually reach out to anyone other than my inner circle, like they're the ones, they knew what was going on the whole time. Like they knew when I was pregnant, they knew when I had a miscarriage, they knew everything. And having that kind of inner circle, even with someone who just knows what it's like to go through IVF and be like, oh, the waiting or the don't, like looking for donors and things like that and finding out someone else's perspective and how they did it um, can be really helpful. And I've only realised that that's really helpful when people have contacted me. I didn't think of contacting other people when I was going through it. Um I kind of just found my way through it. Obviously, yeah, like I said, I obviously had my my inner circle of friends, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah. If anyone needs, I don't know, just a shoulder to be like, this is shit, and I'm like, I'll be like, I know, I feel you. It's so shit. <laughs> That's such a
1: nice thing of you to offer, yes. and yes, I think that is something from what I've heard. Just from people sending through my DMs as well is just about their IVF stories. Mm. And, yeah, I think it would be a beautiful thing if they can connect with you. It's
2: so common as well. And, like, I think it's for some reason it's not spoken about. Like, to me, it got to a point, like, when we first got married, everyone's like, oh, so when are you going to have kids? I'm like, well, I'm actually barren. Like I got to a point where I got really bitter about it and when people would like pry and say things like, I'm like, you're basically asking me what my uterus is doing at the moment. Like, do I ask you what, whereabouts in your cycle are you? Yeah. Are you having sex with your husband regularly? Um, so I kind of just started getting really angry and bitter about people asking me those kind of questions. So i would just be... St- so blunt with them, I'm like, yeah, I'm actually doing IVF because I can't fall pregnant, and they'd kind of be like, oh. So I'm like, don't ask people that question. Like, yeah, you just uh, really, it's just such a personal question. It is a
1: personal question. It's not. It's definitely no longer that you're going to get married and have kids.
2: Yeah, absolutely, uh, definitely not. It's and I think as well, like even if you decide not to have kids good on you. That lifestyle is amazing. (laughs) You probably have a bit more sleep. (laughs) You probably have a bit more money and a bit more sleep (laughs) and a bit more fun. Less wrinkles. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Oh, if I could say that, I would say just don't ask that question. Anyone, even if you just don't ask that question. (laughs) Yeah. Don't ask it. Or as well, like don't, don't give advice. Like, unless it's been asked for. Like, I got so many people going, oh, have you just tried relaxing? I'd be like, have I tried relaxing? It's like, oh, yeah, I'll just go to Bali for a weekend and relax because that's going to help my infertility, which is, like, like I've had people, like, people that I know who are infertile, and it's for, like, a physiological reason. There's nothing, like, relaxing is not going to change the fact that they can't get pregnant. So, like, when people would say that, I'd be like, that's not going to change my uterus. Like, it just, just doesn't happen like that. No, people are full of advice
1: from conception through to motherhood. <laughs> oh, it's insane. It's never-ending. It's like, thanks for your unsolicited, unasked-for advice. Uh, yeah. It's really not appreciated. <laughs> well, Kate is here to offer you her shoulder um, and to listen if anybody does want to connect. Um, yes, Not absolutely. necessarily to give her advice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll take advice on children. Any advice for a six-year-old, five-year-old, and a half-year-old girl. I'll um, take any any day. <laughs> oh, thank you, Kate. Thanks, Alex. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Alex. This show was brought to you by Batika Co.